Hello, everybody. Welcome back, Womenology Podcast. I'm Kristen. This is Sarah. Hi. Hi. Sarah. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Tell me. I am fostering a new cat. That's wonderful. Is he wonderful? He's wonderful. He's great. He's He is, right now is still in the bathroom. Uh, he hides like right behind the toilet, but he has each day sort of come out for a little while and gone back into the bathroom. And my cat, my other cat, they are very good around each other, which I knew, I just knew he, Iggy is just, he's just a good hearted little, little ball of fur. Good. So he's very cautious around him. He's not aggressive. And what, and the name I have assigned or given this cat is Atticus. I kind of wanted to go Italian because I have Luca and Ignazio after my dad. And I thought maybe Nunzio. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of in the, right now it's Atticus, but I might go Nunzio if I adopt him, mm-hmm. which I think I probably will. It'll I think be Nunzio. So too. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Uh, I, because I, I get, I just get attached and I, I can't imagine I, I'd be too afraid. Yeah. I'd be too afraid of not adopting him because he's FIV positive, which I learned the day before they were bringing him to me. Yeah. And which they, is not really a big deal for cats. Which is not a big right? deal at all. And I really feel the need to, that has to be stressed. Not a big deal at all. There's not extra care involved. Most cats live to a very old age. And, you know, this isn't HIV, this isn't, you know, HIV in 1983. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is, it's only communicable between two cats, not humans, not dogs. And there, there has to be a really, really deep bite yeah. for it to be transmitted. So, um, which he's great, be. which there won't be because my Iggy is just a doll and is so good with him. Um, I am a little afraid <laughs> cause I, I was riding the elevator with my neighbor and she said, how's your dog? Because everybody loves Luca. Everybody loves Luca. And I said, oh, great. You know, we're getting ready. I'm fostering a cat. And she said, a cat and a dog? And I said, well, I already have a cat. She goes, two cats and a dog in that small studio? And suddenly I felt very judged. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> and I said, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. And she said, oh, no. She's like, I think that's wonderful. She's like, I'm just trying to imagine what my apartment would be like if I had two cats and a dog. And I'm like, please stop trying to, please stop harping on this (laughs) because it kind of does make me feel a little like, Oh, are people going to think I'm dirty or people like, are people going to worry? Because one thing I've always had people comment on is how great my apartment smells because I'm very conscious of that. I, you know, my, first of all, I'm just very clean, but also I always keep like little wax cubes and candles and like, that's just something that I love. So my apartment always smells really nice, but I'm sure it still will. Uh, well, I have to say I'm getting a bit of a funk from him. So from the uh, new once, cat? yeah, a little oh. bit. Uh, I, I think it might be the blanket that he came with. I washed it, mm-hmm. but uh, once he's more, acclimated here i'm going to take him to a groomer so that he can get a proper like bath and yeah you know and then you know my little i think i think nunzio works doesn't it it does it's cute nunzio yeah nuns my little nuns yeah i think it is going to be nunzio there we go that's decided all right we've already accomplished so much this week (laughs) 
we named it. Cat. <laughs> we named a cat. Uh, how was your week going? Uh, good. I did not uh, foster a cat. I wish I did, but <laughs> did not foster a cat. But yeah, classes are going well and um, semester's trucking along. So everything's good. And you got your first paperback? I got my first paperback. I got an A. Good for you. Which of course is, you did. Which is good. Um, but I, you know, I didn't get 100. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I looked uh, for comments and the only comment said something to the effect of like oh this is exceptional which so give me an exceptional grade then <laughs> don't give me a good grade <laughs> well an a isn't just a good grade an a is a, is, is excellent i guess right? it is i guess it is but i understand what you're saying i understand where you're coming from and i knew you would yeah you you get it i get it and i think when they don't offer constructive feedback yeah you know, tell me, tell me what I could improve upon. That was always in this course, you know, whenever we would do our practicums, the instructor was always complimentary of everybody, which was great. But I was, I would always say, is there anything I I could improve on? You know, is there anything that you feel I might, you know, want to tweak a little bit? I would always ask for that because I learned from that. I learned from criticism because that's, I was raised with criticism. So I'm kind of getting the impression um, from my professor that he is a little surprised how competent my class is. <laughs> um, I, like, I, I, I don't know. He has made comments to the effect of like, oh, we're you guys are really far ahead or like you're making my job easy that, and that kind of thing. So maybe we're all just really exceptional writers. I don't know. But but. I got an A on my first paper, so feeling good about that. That's just my Luca flapping her mm-hmm. ears, her big flapping goofy around, ears, <laughs> flapping around. Well, I'm glad. Congratulations! I'm glad you got that A because I'm sure you worked very hard to get it. Um, speaking of, I don't know, exceptional work. <laughs> we've uh, we've got some stuff to read. Let's start with the dear Prudy letter. Okay. Uh huh. Do, Do you, you want, want me to read, read it? it? <laughs> <laughs> We're very, we plan very well. Uh, I, I will read it because I have it up here. Okay. I do too, because I've planned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Judging. So the question is, I'm getting married to the woman of my dreams this June. We're both medical professionals and I have a very high amount of loans, $230,000. While she has to, she has none. We've fought several times about whether or not she will help to pay these loans off when we're married. I understand that she feels like they are my loans and thus my responsibility, but I can't help feeling a little hurt that she's not willing to help at all since it will be a major factor in our married finances. Any advice about how to deal with this situation so neither of us feels taken advantage of? And the advice given is such a (laughs) cop-out because... It basically just says, talk to a financial planner and get a prenup. Yep. <laughs> and that's yes. it. And I also feel the need to point out, do we see the uh, brevity of these questions and the answer? <laughs> oh, good God. Yeah. Right? I know. I read, I read it and I was like, that's it? That's it? Scroll, scroll. Wait a minute. What's going on? There's four questions only, on this page. Only the answer to the question? Right. <laughs> then yeah, this that is was what it. I mean. That was it. Uh, yeah. This uh, Now, the author, the... Ask Prudy, their name is Daniel Mallory Ortenberg. So I don't know if that means their pronouns are what their pronouns 
what their preferred pronouns are. I did, honestly, I don't know if it's, I don't know what their sure. pronouns are. So no, I'm going no. to stick with they and them for now to be safe. Now, <laughs> here's what I don't understand. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're both medical professionals. He That's has what... a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of loans and she has none. Yeah. Explain. <laughs> well, there's a couple possible explanations. Um, he doesn't specify whether all of that debt is from medical school or whether that includes his undergrad. I think, you know, if he's if he's still in his 20s, uh, you know, I don't know if you've looked at the cost of college lately, but it is very much feasible that he could have $100,000 in undergraduate loans mm-hmm. and then added an additional $130,000 for medical school mm-hmm. um, or pharmacy school or whatever. Um, she has none. Kind of kind of implies that her family paid for everything, which is great for her. <laughs> um, or, or... Um, they're both medical professionals, but he is like an oncologist and she is like a phlebotomist. Because I could see getting through that program with no loans because mm-hmm. that's not very long. Mm-hmm. So he just he doesn't really give us enough information um, to know exactly how to respond to this beyond the very sensible advice of you guys should probably talk to somebody. <laughs> um but obviously the issue here isn't is entitlement. It's it's isn't she gonna help me? And doesn't this affect us? And and it does. It, it of course it affects their finances, but yeah. uh, one would think that they discussed this before they agreed to get married. <laughs> it doesn't seem like they did, though. It doesn't seem like they did. And this is why I would always say when people would ask about when to ask someone for their credit score as though they were entitled to that information. You're not really entitled to that information until you start merging finances. That's when you're entitled to it. And and, And and it it kind of sounds here like his fiance doesn't plan on doing that at all. uh, Merging finances, you mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, they're getting married. So I don't know how she thinks they're not going to be able to merge some finances to some degree. I mean, I, I don't know either, but <laughs> he, you know, the the letter writer here is making it seem like she's kind of just not dealing with it. Um, but I think you're, I think you're right. And that's what I was going to say about this is like, whether you enthusiastically get on board with paying this down because it's your partner's debt and you're kind one way or another, you're, you're paying for it. Right. If right. you marry this person. Right. One You're way paying or, for it. <laughs> exactly. You will be paying for this in one form or, or the other. And I would think the, the, the appropriate thing to do, the not just kind but common sense thing to do would be to come up between the two of you with a finan- financial plan that, you know, like, okay, well, why don't you pay the rent and he'll pay the loans off? Right. Yeah, something. Something. You know, he'll cover the phone bill and the Edison as long as he's contributing to the home, but he has to pay his his medical his two, you know, his school loans down. Right. Or you could do this crazy thing and not get married until he knocks some of that off, some of that debt off. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the other thing. The you know, two hundred and thirty thousand is a lot to me. Yeah. 
but I'm not a neurosurgeon, right. you know? So depending on what kind of medical professionals they both are, this really might not be that big a deal. I mean, one or both of them could be overreacting to this. Um, so I don't know. We just, we don't really have all that information all the necessary information but one way or another if you marry somebody with debt you're paying that down yeah i mean there's always you know but this is a i'm sure a very common scenario maybe not in this um this amount but anytime you get involved with somebody the chances are they have a a, a fair amount of debt you know let's say yeah. 25 well, 30, i mean even 40, if you, right and like even if one of you like has a car loan and the other one is paid off. Like that's still, it's still going to affect that still you. becomes your debt. Right. 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 Well, it, it becomes your debt, I guess, in the figurative sense, not in the literal sense, meaning not on the credit report. No, not on the credit report, but I mean, one way or another. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, you're paying, you're paying for You're, you're going to pay for it, it. Whether it's emotionally, interpersonally or financially, you're going to pay for it. I don't know. I mean, I think I just I, I think the best thing to do in a, in a case like this is to come up with a financial plan. Fuck going to a financial planner. Sit down with the two of you. Well, that's money you could put towards his debt. Sit down and say, OK, let's come up with a plan. You pay phone bill and you pay Edison or cable and I'll pay rent and then that way you have X amount of money to pay off this debt. And hey, maybe you'll have it paid off in five years. Yeah. I think it's going to be important to have a a date in the future to revisit. Yeah. The, the distribution of money. Yeah. But I, I would also, quite honestly, I would also, I would come up with that plan and then wait to make sure that they're committed to that plan before I got married. Right. I think I would too. Just to make sure like, okay, I, I don't, we're not just talking about this. We're going to do this because this could be the undoing of our marriage. Yeah. It, it says they've already fought several times. Yeah. Good for you. That's great. Definitely. Get and married. it sounds like she's not budging. She's not budging <laughs> on that. Now let's just like, do I think, do I think she, she, is it on her? I don't think it is her responsibility to help pay it, but you know what? When you're in a relationship, it's not all about you. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, well, I just think if you're going to get married, you're paying for it because you're married, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and you said, you know, whether it's emotional or financial, but I think it's, I think it's financial. <laughs> even if you don't, even if you don't literally merge finances by virtue of being married to this person, you're still paying for their debt because they, maybe can't afford to go on the vacation that you want, right? Or they can't, you know, maybe you can't live in the neighborhood you want because they're paying down the stuff. You know what I mean? Like you're just, yeah, one way or another, yeah, you're paying for but it. But I agree with the, the, the sense of entitlement. You know, why isn't she agreeing to help pay my debt? Because it's- I get why she's not excited. I, I get why she's not thrilled <laughs> about it either. And also because she probably feels like, dude, I have my life together. Get your shit together. Well, but that's not really fair of her because it sounds like she is more privileged than him. I was just going to say, something tells me. (laughs) If you can walk, and I'm saying this as somebody who walked away from college with no loans, if you can walk away from college with no loans, somebody paid for it for you. Right. Well, and especially recently. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like it costs 
eight grand a year. So this is probably somebody who doesn't understand how other people live. Right. You know? So I think, um, yeah, maybe um, there are lots of yeah, there's a big <laughs> lots of things these two ought to work out before they get married. Before they get married, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Do you have you two met? Um, <laughs> okay, so any final thoughts? No, nothing. Nope just just again you you take someone's debt if you marry them. If you don't want to take their debt, you can't marry right. them. That's it. Absolutely, I agreed. Okay, ask Polly. Simple, simple. Do you have ask Polly up? I do. Hit it. Dear Polly, what an amazing piece I stumbled upon of yours. <laughs> Do you notice? Well, I have and to interject. It, Do you not love how she fucking compliments herself? <laughs> this is no, how I know you're not a fake. <laughs> Come on now. Don't give it all away at the beginning. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so then, it, so then it, it links to a former uh, letter from four years ago with a similar theme. Okay. So what an amazing piece I stumbled upon of yours. Game changer. Inspiring. (laughs) I want to be the person you described. The hard part is I am in so many ways. I have a full life. I have been very successful. As you can see, if you Google my name, I have many friends and I work on myself constantly. I am very social and hardworking. Despite all this, a man's love seems to be all that truly matters to me. I still can't stop obsessing over whoever I'm in a relationship with. I have analyzed and known this about myself forever, but no matter what I try, I can't seem to kick the need for reassurance that my boyfriend loves me. Your article at least helped me this morning when I was stuck circling obsessive thoughts about my boyfriend and taking to Google again to try and relieve some of this madness. My boyfriend is amazing and open and communicative and talks to me through my fears and anxiety but nothing seems like enough. He is the most secure person I've been with, unafraid of communication. He openly says he thinks we're a good team and asks me what I need in the moments that I'm sad. I don't know how to stop the cycling loop in my brain that thinks of him and wonders if he still loves me enough or if he'll leave me soon. It's always there, even when he talks me through my fears. God, I wish there was an answer. Signed, can't stop obsessing about my boyfriend. And then we get a novel. Hang on. on. Hold on. Are we finished with that song? Hold on. Preview. Hold on. (laughs) So. (laughs) Just I don't know what you're looking for. I found the song. I wanted that that sound clip. Uh, Oh. Okay. So suffice to say that Polly writes another manifesto. Yeah, she does. Never really addresses the the real issue here. With no. And she doesn't. no, she doesn't. I don't think she once ever says, "Girl, get your ass to therapy." Yeah. <laughs> Never once. Because if this is even if this person isn't real, which I don't think she is, this I hope she's not. This is a very real <laughs> scenario. This happens yeah. all the time. We just wrote. We just read a letter about it a month ago, where somebody burnt themselves out. You know, yeah. To, you know, anxious about what's going on and what does he like me and is he abandoning me and you know everything this woman talks about in this letter all points to 
a maladaptive attachment style. It really does. And that comes from, as we've said before, the fact that she's so anxious and always so worried and needs that co- that constant uh, reassurance. That stems from your earlier your early relationships, your early experiences of attachment with your primary caregivers, you know, i.e., your parents. So, if you had a parent who was very distant, or who wasn't very emotionally nurturing, or who say worked a lot because they had to support you. And you never really had that reassurance and you never knew that they had your back. You're going to grow into somebody who always feels this uncontrollable compulsion to get reassurance. Yeah. And Polly never really, it's, Again, like this is why I think this is why I think these letters are fake because they're really just her. Listen, she loves the sound of her own voice. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, she spends a lot of time in this response, um, sort of coddling this this letter writer, which we're gonna assume she coddles is, all what's of them. Little- yeah. Well, exactly. Right. She spends time saying like, oh, you're an exceptionally sensitive person and that kind of thing. And in reality, this this problem is not exceptional. As you said, a lot of people have it. Um, and it's not really sensitivity. It's it's, it's anxiety. Insecurity. Yeah. It's anxiety. Like it's your it's it is your I don't want to say garden variety, but it's anxiety. It's this isn't someone who's just insecure. Everybody's insecure to some degree. This right. goes beyond that. Yeah, I mean the letter, um, or the, rather the response to the letter, basically says the solution to this is get some hobbies, oh my God. <laughs> which it sounds like she's already tried to do. Right? Like she's. It sounds like she does have a full life, but that the boyfriend still consumes a lot of her time and energy. Yeah. But when you find yourself in a situation like this, what you have to do is take yourself out of it and say, where is this coming from? What is the first time I can remember being this nervous, this anxious, this insecure and, and go back because I guarantee you, this is a pattern that, this imaginary letter writer or really anybody who suffers from this, this is a pattern that plays out in their life over and over and over and over again. Right. And it is one that only therapy can solve. It's not like you can reason your way out of right. this because the, the rational thought process is going to lead you in this case, I think to having more anxiety, right? Because if you think, interrelational, if you think about it, interrelational trauma can only be managed through talk therapy right yeah you cannot you can that's one thing we learned you cannot you know can you come up with a band-aid for it sure but can you get to the root of it no no yeah and in this case you're you know if you are capable of thinking about it detached and rationally you're going to conclude that there is no assurance that can be given because there are no guarantees right. one day he may get bored with you right one day he may decide he doesn't love you enough right. and you're not necessarily going to see that coming 
And that, I mean, that's the truth, <laughs> but it's not going to make this person feel better. Right. right. And it, it comes down to learning to believe that if this person does, like the solution isn't to convince yourself that a guy loves you and that everything's going to be fine. The solution is to get to a place where you can say, okay, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to be okay. Because yeah. see, we're not, women are not encouraged to think in those terms. We're not encouraged no. to think in terms of, well, what if it's just me? If anything, we're, we're, we're scared into, we're, we're, we're intimidated and, and filled with uh, thoughts of how negative that is of ending up alone. Yeah. We're supposed, we think we're taught we're supposed to be ashamed of that. Right. 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 Like there's anything shameful in being independent right. and supporting yourself. Exactly. Like there's anything shameful in not being in a miserable relationship. There's nothing shameful about enjoying your own company. And no, it's right. Like being self-sufficient, emotionally self-sufficient. You said there a sex in the city episode about this. There always, there's a sex in the city episode about everything. <laughs> Yeah, but that's really what it comes down to is getting to a place where you can say, I'm okay. If this happens, I'm okay. I will be okay. Yeah. Because it really isn't about the guy or the other person. It's not about the partner. It's not really about the relationship. It's about what yeah. is it about being alone that scares you? And where does that fear mm -hmm. come from? And what are the triggers for that fear? Because more than likely, she's getting involved with people People with maladaptive attachment styles tend to go for people who trigger that the the anxiety or or that that mm. maladaptive. Who are a little bit withholding, right? So I'm an avoidant, and I typically go after uh, avoidant people. Be and that I'm a I should say I have have sort of gone through anxious avoidant to dismissive avoidant. And the anxious avoidant would go after unavailable men and that the, that worked for the avoidant person, but for the anxious side, that would trigger me and it would fuck me up yeah. because it was very much come here, go away, come here, go away. And the dismissive part of me was sort of like, I don't really care what you do. And then, right. you know, well, and that's how we know. That's another reason we know this letter is fake because <laughs> the boyfriend is amazing and communicative and open and unafraid of communication. And yeah. He's perfect. He's perfect. Yeah, uh, that that person's not real, right? Because uh, <laughs> if this was if this is happening as frequently as she's saying, eventually someone, anybody, is going to get tired of this and say, "You've got to deal with this mm -hmm. because it's destroying." Most people are going to get tired of it pretty quickly. Right. I think very quickly. I would if it was you know if it was in reverse. Yeah, I'm just I'm not going to tolerate that. Right. Very long. How long would you tolerate this sort of thing? <laughs> well. I'm a little bit more sensitive to it. Yeah, but answer the question. Answer the question. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I know that uh, my sister, my sisters are very much like this, where they are in constant need of reassurance, and I can't deal with it. <laughs> Not because... Mm -hmm. Well, family's different too. Mm, yeah, a lot of us have a shorter fuse for our families. Uh, okay, all right, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> you don't think so? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, everyone. I, I think everyone's different. I know that I've 
I know after my, a guy that I dated off and on for a few years, who was one of the many casual guys that I was involved with, he, after he got divorced, which I knew he was going to, he started circling back around to me. And he was mm-hmm. he was following up every day, every day. And if I wasn't responding, I was getting an email. And that annoyed the shit out of me. And I finally had to say, you know, I'm not your airbag. Don't come sniffing around me yeah. because your marriage imploded. And I'll, I'll respond when I respond. Yeah. So... I, I dep- so so not long. Not long. <laughs> that was a long way to say, not long. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah. Same here. I I don't think I would get past a month or two with this person. Yeah. That's why I'm not buying the whole. Oh, he's so understanding and yeah. Nope. No. Not not a thing. Nope. Nope. All right. Any final thoughts? Um. Well, the I yesterday the first time we talked about this. <laughs> We did come up with one possibility for why this person might be real and so understanding, which is that he himself is a therapist. Um, But in this case, he would be sort of administering therapy and that isn't ethical. Very unethical. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, if that's, if that's why he's perfect and soothing, then you got a different problem. Yeah. But I, I don't even, I can't imagine a therapist wanting to date somebody who, yeah, I, I just couldn't imagine. I, no, no, this is fake. Yeah, it's fake. <laughs> it's fake. But the, the issues with the tattoo. Good question though. It was, but the issue with the tattoo style is very, very real. And I wrote an essay about that uh, on my, ther- on my coaching site, com. So if you want to check that out, it's called a hero's journey. If you want to check it out, I'll link to it in the show notes. Okay. We're keeping this moving. Let's now talk next. <laughs> next. Let's now talk about a letter that we received through the site. Sarah, do you have it up? I do. All right. Could you read it? Sure. Um, so this letter is from Aaron, age 42. Hello, ladies. After two serious relationships in the last three years, I made the decision to date multiple men casually unless one rises to the top and becomes my boyfriend. I desire a life partner, i.e. marriage, and have been divorced for 11 years. There is one man, D, that I've been seeing once or twice a week for the past two months. We actually met six years ago at a single parents group and then reconnected recently on Hinge. I like him. He's a single dad of four, I'm a single mom of one, and we have similar careers in marketing. We've been moving slowly, which is great because I'm not attached and staying level-headed. So what is the dilemma, you ask? Well, finding myself questioning whether this is just a quality casual man or if he's actually boyfriend-minded. He has never once called me. Of course, I hadn't called him either until last week when I FaceTimed him when I was traveling. He often texts me, and then once we've gone back and forth a few times, he doesn't ever respond to my last message. I'll hear from him 24 to 48 hours later with, hey, how's your day going? And that's weird to me. I did a little check-in with him a couple of weeks ago to see if we were on the same page. I told him I'm not in a rush, but I do want to be mutually intentional about our relationship and that I'm looking for long-term compatibility. He said he's looking for the same and has set the pace deliberately. Okay, cool. But something is nagging at me. 
It's probably fear of being duped, as I have been in the past. But here's another thing. I followed him on Instagram last weekend and looked to see what accounts he follows. He follows several nude lady accounts and a couple rude-ass man accounts. I have never once heard him say anything even slightly offensive, and he seems very dedicated to his four kids, going to every single event they have and making sure they're staying emotionally connected. So here's my question. Do I bring these accounts up to him? Do I take them as the red flag they appear to be and say bye-bye? I am continuing to date other men, but so far I've not felt as at ease and comfortable with any of them as I do with D. However, I also have a history of ignoring red flags because I'm attached and then being sorely sorry later. What's your take on my dilemma, feministas? Well, let's first point out that she starts off the letter saying she's not attached and she ends it by saying she is attached. (laughs) Well, she doesn't. She is attached. She says she has a history of attaching early. <laughs> well, I think that if she didn't care about any of this, she then just because she does care about it, she's attached to some degree. And it's Agreed. okay to be attached. You know, as we said yesterday mm-hmm. when we first talked about this, women are groomed to believe that getting attached is a weakness and be, and that admitting it could be used against us because we're taught to believe or society believes that women can't be both objective and invested, which is nonsense mm-hmm. because we can be, we're capable of doing a lot of things. We are capable of being multifaceted and messy. We can multitask. We, can multitask. we are messy and we are complex and you know, we can do all kinds of things. So like people, like people believe it or not. So, it's okay to be attached. And I think that's where you need to start is you're attached to this guy. And why wouldn't you be? Because he's become a regular part of your life for two months. It's only you've had two dates with this guy. So it's okay to be attached to this guy. That doesn't mean that, you know, you're, you're pinning your whole life and hopes and dreams on him. As far as the disappearing in in the middle of a text. Now I've said before that I dislike this. But if it's, but people do it all the time. Don used to do it all the time. And I, I would have to bring it and I would bring it up to him and he would, you know, he was good like this. He would always make sure to say, okay, I'm leaving the conversation. Now. <laughs> but he would never. And I would always, the red flag is when they abandon a conversation at a crucial point. That's abusive. That's just yeah. a dick move. But people do this all the time. Yeah, I do it if I don't have anything valuable to add. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, we're, we're done. done. That's why nowadays if you use Twitter or, or Instagram, or if you're having a conversation, when you're done with the conversation, you can just tap it and like it. And that's how people know, okay, yep, gotcha. But I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> that's a good it is technique. A good technique. Yeah, that's, I like it. So that's how people handle these things these days. As far as the phone calls... Nobody uses the phone. Not weird. not weird at all. Not at least not at two months. Maybe if you were dating like a year or even six months, maybe. But in general, most people. Sorry if I faded out there. My cat is on my desk and he's trying to knock over the lamp because he's adorable that way. <laughs> uh, mo- most people hate the phone, I and mean, people don't even use voicemail these days. Everything's done via text now. So. Uh, I wouldn't. And now, especially because people want to FaceTime, my sister is always, let's FaceTime, let's FaceTime. I don't want to FaceTime because I'm 
I just got up or my apartment's messy and I don't want you seeing it because you're a judgmental asshole. And it's yeah. not, it's not, it's just not convenient right now. So it's not, it, it's not as simple as let's just talk on the phone for a lot of people. You know, she said, I, I FaceTimed him. I don't like, I wouldn't want to be FaceTimed out of the blue. Yeah. It sounds like he answered though, which is right. I that's mean, a good which sign. Is promising. That's a good sign. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be bothered by that. Now, the Instagram, do not mention to him that you noticed this. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. Because that, now it's okay to be attached. It's okay to be invested, but that is too invested. And it's all stuff we do. We all do it. We just don't tell mm-hmm. people we do it. <laughs> <laughs> But your secret is safe with us, Aaron. (laughs) 400 people that that listen to this every week. So they've all done it too, please. So do not bring it up because, and I'll throw this over to you because you you really expressed this well yesterday, that it's very accusatory. Yeah, there's no way of bringing it up without him asking, why did you look? (laughs) And what's your answer? I wanted more information about you, which is fair. But I mean, the thing about um, the Instagram, I don't even want to call it snooping because it's, it's, you know, it's public information. It's not, not a secret. The thing about it, though, is why did you look? Okay, you wanted more information, but he probably would like the benefit of the doubt, right? He probably would like to proceed in good faith and you will get to know him with time. But you already know he's a person who doesn't want to be rushed. Um, And you said (laughs) you don't want to rush either. So the other thing about the Instagram accounts that he follows, I mean, is it weird that he follows uh, scantily clad naked women? Uh, Not really. Well, not naked because nudity is not allowed on Instagram. But Instagram models? Yeah, that's not weird. (laughs) Uh, As far as the rude-ass man accounts... I think it would depend on how rude we're talking. Um, He does have four kids, so it's possible he's following rude-ass man accounts because one of his kids does and wants to keep tabs on what they're seeing on the internet, um, which as far as I'm concerned is like a really good reason (laughs) to be following a rude-ass man account, regardless of how rude the man is. If it's because he's keeping tabs on his kids, I think that's a really good reason. Um, But you can't ask. Not, not yet. I, I honestly, I would never bring it up. I wouldn't. I yeah. I was gonna say I would. I would caution you too against trying to or- orchestrate an opportunity that seems yeah, organic. This one should stay in the vault. <laughs> to uh, to talk about who you follow on Instagram because eventually it's yeah. Eventually, I think you're you're gonna be discovered. Right. <laughs> and right. I'm not calling it snooping, but he probably would. Um, and why are you looking? Because you want more information, right? And but you're going to get that if you give him time. So, right, give him time. And you know, these people who they want to friend somebody on Instagram or Facebook right away. You know, people take that stuff very seriously now because that's a that's a part of their life that they haven't shared with you yet. Especially if their accounts are private, they're private for a reason, and it's because they're cautious about what they share. And just because someone doesn't want to accept your friend request after dating you a month, 
doesn't mean they're hiding something, that they're a bad person. It just means, hey, that's like, that's a big step for me. That's a, that's a, that's a, a meaningful step for me. And I'm just not there yet. You know, like social media, that's now part of the milestones, right? It is. So yeah. Instagram official, Facebook official, blah, blah, blah. So, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that his page is open, that's a good sign right there. Yeah, that's true. I, this this seems like a good example of of a situation that you should take at face value. I don't think there's anything going on behind the scenes here. Yeah, I I don't. I think he's being upfront. I think he has four kids, <laughs> and he should I think he has four kids, and he's really cautious, and his his time is very valuable, and he probably doesn't have a lot of a lot of free time. And you know, he's not just dating for himself. He has to take into consideration his children, as he should. And so I would, I commend uh, somebody who puts their their children first. They should put their children first, always. My stepmother didn't really appreciate that, but uh, (laughs) that's how... Eh, mine doesn't right. <laughs> That's just how it should be. And I, I don't understand people who get involved with people who have kids and then get upset because, oh, they can't go out on Saturdays because they have their kids. Right. Because it's their kids and they only see them once a week and they're not going to cancel or get a babysitter so they can spend time with you for right. two hours. You selfish asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and which we're not, we're not calling you. Which we're not calling you. <laughs> I'm talking, I'm a little bitter. So I'm just sort of venting. It's not about you. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I mean, with four kids, you know, they're all going to be involved in different activities. They're all going to have, they're at different stages in school probably, unless there's some twins, but even then it's still four kids, man. That's a lot. That is a lot. So I think, I think yeah, the the root, root I think, sorry, you're in a good place. (laughs) I think things are good. I think, unfortunately you kind of have to wait it out a bit and I know that's hard, but Unfortunately, it's just sort of part of the process and you really like this guy and that's cool and that's great. And all you have to do is just, you know, when you catch yourself feeling a little bit anxious, just catch it, just say, okay, everything else, things have been going well. I'm just, I just, I want this to move along because I like him. It's okay. So Aaron, that is, I think, uh, I think you're in, in a good place here with this guy. So just wait it out and follow up with us and let, let us know. Okay. Yeah. Try to enjoy the ride too. Cause eventually, you know, this, the butterfly thing is, is not right. going to be there. Right. <laughs> if it go, you know, if all goes well, right. Eventually you'll start taking each other. For sure, that's a great sound of a great relationship. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what I mean? I do. Yeah. Um, okay. So final thoughts all set. I think so. All right. Yeah. Try try to enjoy it. Now I want to get to this doos of a letter. All right. So it's posted on the site and it's from a woman named Laura. And she says, I have a problem with my boyfriend's best friend. I'm 26. Mm. He's 28. We've been together for almost two years. When I met his best friend who happens to be female, I immediately felt threatened. They've known each other for almost seven years. She's a beautiful girl. She's smart. And she all, she's always one of the guys and yet ridiculously feminine. She's always invited to the guys' nights out, which initially made me feel weird. And then I saw their dynamic. And then when I saw their dynamic, I felt even weirder. She's not a bro or a dude. They all acknowledge she is a pretty strong woman. They go for her, they go to for advice. 
They have fun with her. They're all incredibly respectful to her. And when she calls them out on their BS, i.e. they're being a bit sexist or acting like frat boys, they never tell her she's overreacting or that it was just a joke. Something my boyfriend tells me every time I tell him I'm offended by something he said. They always refer to her as their little sister, but I'm still bothered that she's such an important part of my boyfriend's life because I feel she takes up space that should be mine. Gradually, I've started to get more and more annoyed by her, partly because for the past eight months, she's decided she no longer wants a boyfriend, so she's determined to be single, and partly because every single weekend he's out with her and other friends as well, but she's always the first one he calls. He'd tell me he's going to bed, but later I'll discover they were all hanging out and drinking heavily till 6 or 7 a.m., or he'll go to a dinner with me and then later call her and go to a bar. He's always mad at the guys she dates. He always defends her no matter what, and he admires every single thing she does. Last weekend, he told me he was staying in because he was a bit tired from work. Later that night, a friend texted me saying he was out at some random bar with a friend of, with a bunch of girls and his best friend. I called him and he said he had decided at the last second to go out with her and a couple of other people, but that he'd be leaving soon. On Sunday, he didn't text or pick up the phone until 6 p.m. I told him I was coming over and while he was showering, I went through his phone. I know it was wrong, but I went crazy. I found a chat with one of his guy friends in which he tells him that they went out with a bunch of people, went to another friend's house till 6 a.m., and he was too tired to go home, so he crashed at her place. Later, he says he's kind of freaked out because they cuddled all day long while they were sleeping on the same bed. He said once she woke up, she was a little bit uncomfortable, so he hugged her till she fell asleep again to, quote unquote, diffuse the awkwardness. That's a good one. I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> Let's get that on a t-shirt. Say, I'm pretty pissed off that they slept on the same bed, but by what I gathered, it's not something that's happened before. I don't know how to approach the situation. I don't like her one bit, but all his other girlfriends were always suspicious of her, and I don't want to bring it bring it up like the exes. <laughs> Besides, if it was one time thing, I might be over. I may be overreacting. Age twenty six. Holy shit. Okay, Laura, you're not overreacting. That's the, that's the first thing I want to get out there. The second thing I want to get out there is she is not to blame. This has nothing to no. do with the friend. This has everything to do with what an absolute douche your boyfriend is. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I mean, oh, he goes out and then we go to dinner and then he meets her. What are you talking about? Why is he leaving you after you go out to dinner and, and abandoning you to go out with this chick? Right. Till like six or seven right. in the morning. You know, and okay. He is in love with her. <laughs> it's very clear. He has feelings for her, but yeah, <laughs> here's the thing because she is so focused on the girlfriend and she's not once saying that anything that he's doing anything wrong. Well, I mean, she does say that he um, tells her she's overreacting. She seems seems to acknowledge that that mm-hmm. is wrong. <laughs> but that's it. Right. That's and, it. Yeah. But he never says that to the female friend. Like, oh, no. no. She never overreacts because she's perfect. perfect. <laughs> now, first things first, she's not perfect. You perceive her to be perfect because you're threatened by her. And I understand why you're threatened by her because he has set it up that way mm-hmm. by keeping yeah. you to well I'm, go- I'm gonna go out for dinner for dinner with you but then i'm gonna go meet her no he's your boyfriend if he goes out with her you should be there with him and 
Yeah, and it sounds like it's uh it sounds like he's leaving his girlfriend to go hang out with this female friend, but plus a bunch of other yeah. friends. What so if it's a group hang, right. where's your right. girlfriend? Exactly. So why aren't you invited to this? And why how do you know that all his exes had a problem with this unless A, you've been talking to his friends and somebody told you, or which there's only a couple reasons they might right. tell you. That right, because if they were good buddies with him, they would not be. They wouldn't be. They'd be like, "Ex nay, I'm not going to. I'm not getting involved with this, unless it's one of his friend's girlfriends." And the girlfriend is saying to her, "Yeah, from what I remember, you know, his ex had a big problem with her too." Um. So, <laughs> wow, I really hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you need to break things off with this guy because it's not going to get better. And what he's trying to do when he tells you you're overreacting, you're not overreacting. He's gaslighting. No. He's trying to make you think that you're crazy. Oh, of course. That's what, that's what people always try to do to get women to back down. Oh, you're crazy. You're not crazy. You're jealous. And the jealousy is, is misplaced anger because you're really anger, angry with your boyfriend but it's easier to be angry with her because to be angry with your boyfriend means you have to confront a very uncomfortable reality, which is your boyfriend's a douchebag. Yeah. And he's, he's not really in this. <laughs> Given the opportunity to sleep with this friend, he would. <laughs> right. He absolutely would. And she knows that too. Right. So it's easy to be mad at her because she's not doing you any favors, but she doesn't owe you any favors. Right. But also to keep in mind that you don't know what he's telling the friend. So when he crashes at this woman's place, for all you know, he was the one who was like, oh, yeah, I'm way too tired to drive. And she thought, okay, well, uh, you can stay here because what is she going to do? Let him drive while he's after he's been drinking? Or, right. So you don't know. He could have orchestrated that. And he That's said true. very clearly in that text, she was freaked out. She was uncomfortable. And maybe she was uncomfortable because she's not into him. And she didn't like what had happened. Yeah. So, you know, it, when I responded to this in the post, I said, fuck this guy. <laughs> be, be friends with her because she brings yeah. a lot more to the table, it sounds like. You, you'll get... She sounds... She sounds, she sounds fun. fun. Like, you got her <laughs> shit together. You know, she'll be the Carolyn Calloway to your Natalie Beach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we yeah, all need maybe. one. Sometimes you're sometimes the Caroline. You're the Caroline sometimes, sometimes you're the Natalie. Natalie. <laughs> but, yeah, girl, your boyfriend sucks. He's, not, He's good. not good. And we are conditioned to target the other woman and and, and dismiss these things. Oh, well, he tells me I'm overreacting. That was cute and maybe passable 10 years ago. Now, when men are like, oh, you're overreacting, bye-bye. I'm not overreacting. I know me. <laughs> I know me. And I'm a very stable, sane person. So I'm not overreacting. You fucked up. And so either we can talk about how you fucked up or you can leave. But we're not going to do the you're crazy thing. Right. So don't yeah. blame the woman. Blame your boyfriend. It's a very rough realization to come to, but this isn't about her. It's about him. And he's blatantly disrespecting you, and you're allowing it. 
Yeah. He sucks. He sucks. <laughs> what am I going to say, Sarah? Fuck, Fuck that, that guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> really? Honestly, hold on. There we go. See, I finally got it right. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear anything. Did you have a sound oh, effect? Oh, no. Is it not playing? I'm so. Oh, it probably isn't. I didn't hear oh, it. Oh, damn it. Well, sorry. Sorry, guys. Sorry. I've been playing. I will download it and hopefully get it for everybody. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need, need that sound. Oh, I thought for sure I, I was playing it. So, in closing, he's a douche. Get rid of him. Fuck that guy. Like that right. guy. I think we uh I think we've got that one. That's it. Right? Hold on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I should have played that before the letter. Yeah, he's this is a bad this uh he's a bad guy. And if you don't get out of that now, that's gonna end up doing a lot of damage. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, he's he's not going to give up his friendship. He's not. He's never going to give up that friendship. Not and, her fault. You know, it's not, it really, it's not her fault that all these guys like her. And, you know, you're, you might be idolizing her a bit or you might be, you know, putting her on a pedestal. She probably isn't nearly as cool as you think she is. You're just seeing her through a certain lens. Right. I'm sure she has her own insecurities. So Definitely. I would boot this guy to the curb and I would be friends with her. Yeah, she sounds dynamic right, and interesting. Right, there we go. All right, people. That's it for today, Sarah. Mm-hmm. It's been lovely. It has. I think we did good today. We really did. We kind of whipped. You know what? We really should do sort of a dress rehearsal episode before we do. <laughs> because they're, they, do, they are. They're far more um, cohesive. Yeah, so follow us on the things, Womenology Pod. Follow us on our website, womenologypod.com. Rate us five stars or four. Please, Please. just rate us. Just rate (laughs) us. Well, no, don't just rate us. Well, because you know someone will be an asshole. (laughs) I believe, I believe in our listeners. I I have faith. If they're still listening, they're not going to leave a one star, right? I mean, come on. They might, you don't know. Well, anyway, right. don't give them ideas. So you can leave us a, a you know, a four-ish, five-ish rating. Follow us on Patreon. The link is on the website. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. If you have a question, a question. <laughs> if you have any dating questions, because we're excited, because we're starting to get questions again. So go to the website. I've created a banner so that it's right on the homepage. It says submit a dating question and shoot us a line and we will answer it on the show and mm-hmm. we'll post it on the site and they're all anonymous and your information won't be shared. Anything to, sh- anything to say, Sarah? No, that was great. That was great. great. Yeah. All right. <laughs> People, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>